Hello, comedy nerds, comedy geeks, comedy fans. I'm Mike George. And I'm Masavia Greer. Today on Comedy Anatomy, we have the amazing Robert Kelly. Robert has performed on everything from The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon to last year's Colin Quinn and Friends, a parking lot show on HBO, clearly pandemic related. He's also an actor you may have seen on FX's Louie, Trainwreck, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and many, many more. Now, please enjoy our chat with Robert Kelly. So, Rob, this is my co-host, Mike George. I wanted you to meet uh, Mike. What's up, buddy? Nice to meet you. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? Living the dream in the, during the pandemic, still going strong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because you come from a big family. You, you have how many brothers and sisters do you have? No, I have I have a big Irish Catholic family. I, I have um, grew up. I had just a sister, but my mother had five uh, brothers and, and two sisters. So there was 13 of us that lived in like a three bedroom in Medford, Mass. For, yeah, because when I saw bit, yeah. that, I, th- I thought, what a better reason to want to be a comedian, you know, to stand out, to be heard. Like, how do you how do you have a voice in us three bedroom with 13 people living in it? You know, well, it's funny. We, that was actually the best part of my life growing up. That was when we lived there. It was great when she got married to my second my first stepfather, I guess you'd call him. Um, that it kind of took a turn. It was, it was pretty bad for a while. He, he was a very a kind of abusive guy and, uh, it went South for oh, many years. And then, you know, where I wasn't around those people, I was just me and myself. So, and my sister and my me and my sister kind of split to, for survival mode, you know, cause mm-hmm. he used to fuck with her too. So he would, he would, uh, you know, and it was back in the day when you just kind of, you know, my mom, you just kind of take it. You know what I mean? You don't really, you don't really, uh, you know, get divorced and shit like that. You just take it. And uh, she finally did divorce him. But by that time, I was a fucking lunatic. I was, you know, I was drinking and I started drinking. When I was like 10. So wow. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy after that. So when you, when you started out at 10, how does- That's where I kind of got my funny. Is I got it- my funny and, and I got my funny out of necessity. You know, I got, you know, cause it was either, you, you know, you could fight, you know, or you could make dudes laugh, you know? And I used to do that. Yeah. I used to make guy. I used to make people laugh. I mean, I learned to fight, but I, you know, I, mean, I just learned to take a beating. I didn't really learn to be a tough guy. I just learned how to take a beating and not cry. Um, when I went to juvie jail and when you know, I got locked up the first time, that's when, you know, you really be funny, you know? Right. Because it was. So how uh, old were you? How old were you when you went to juvie? 13 for the first time. Wow. Mm. Yeah. 13. And, uh, you know, it was a way to make friends, too. You know, it was because uh, my uncles, I had five uncles and, you know, uh you know, one of them was very funny, smart. One of them was like a construction guy. One of them was a cop. One of them was smart. You know, one of them was tough. Mm-hmm. And one was the playboy. It was it was kind of weird. They were all had that personality. And I kind of try. I think I incorporated in the short time that I did live with them. I incorporated all of it, you know, all of them, um, which was good. But I didn't I didn't. I think if I grew up with them, I would probably I wouldn't have been a comic. I would have been something else. I think because I was, you know, alone a lot after the age of 13, um, 
you know, in and out of juvies, foster homes. You know, I did go home for a little bit, but then I went back to a foster home, got sober at 15 off of drugs and alcohol. It was pretty much on my own since, you know, I never really went back to the house. So I kind of learned how to be funny as a, you know, a tool to make friends and stuff, you know, to, right. to be able to survive situations, uncomfortable social situations. It was easier for me to, you know, crack a joke or make people laugh. Yeah. You know? So do you think it's like a defense mechanism in the sense of a way to protect yourself, but also a release, right? In the sense of when you're dealing, it sounds like you were dealing with so much that comedy, I'm not talking professionally. I just mean being funny is a way of, making sure you don't kill yourself you know what i mean i mean not literally i just mean it keeps you from yeah going crazy. no absolutely yeah no it's was, it was definitely that i never was the guy who was going to kill myself but i definitely wanted to go to the hospital for some attention you know what i mean i definitely wouldn't mind fucking you know getting you know laid up somewhere just so people would feel bad for me and give me some love for a second or two you know but it was more of like i remember i was in juvie hall I was in this one, it was out, it was uh, Halifax, Massachusetts. It was in the middle of a cranberry field at an old Jewish camp. They took over and made it into a, a juvenile lockup. So it was kind of like one road into this place. Uh, and it was pretty bad. And I remember, uh, you know, they were, it was, you know, of course, segregated inside there. The, the black kids hung out with the black kids. The white kids hung out with the white kids. And they used to play a thing called New York basketball. They had little hoops that were like, you know, you could just dunk them inside of this little gym thing. And they would play New York balls, just basically no rules. You could just punch and kick and whatever you had to do to get the ball and score. And uh, they started taking out all the white kids. They, uh, there was like, there was one, two, three, there was three of us. And they took out uh, two, there was actually four. They took out two and they beat the hell out of them. One kid was so big, they didn't mess with him. But then there was me. And I remember they came in my room. There was like five black dudes. There was one little black guy called the Godfather. He like kind of ran everything. This little dude and a little this Cat Williams like motherfucker. This is juvie. And, uh, right? This, this is, juvie. is juvie. And this is I remember they came in my room and I knew they were, it was my turn to catch a beating. And they came in and they all sat around me. I was just reading and uh, nobody talked to me and they were ghosting me. And they were talking about beating up the other white kids. And uh, they were like, ah, I beat that home, that homeboy up. And then he goes, uh, the, the little Godfather kid was like, yo, man, you a homeboy or you, are you a white boy? And uh, I was like, I'm a homeboy, motherfucker. And he laughed <laughs> and he was like, ah, you all right. You all right. Leave this motherfucker alone. And I and it was like that second of I was going to go, fuck you. I'm a white boy. You know, I was like, I'm a homeboy, motherfucker. And yeah. he and I made him laugh and it made everything all right. And I was cool with those dudes ever since. So it was it was kind of like my mechanism my whole life. Right. You can tell a good sex story. I can make friends. Uh, it was always self-deprecating. Mm -hmm. I knew self-deprecation was a, uh, a, a tool. You can make fun of yourself. My mom taught me that. I remember these kids were making fun of me one time. They were just really just trashing me. And my mother told me, yeah, make fun of yourself. It takes all the fun out of it for them. You know, if they say something about you, say, yeah, you're right. I am stupid. Yeah, I am kind of fat. So the next day I went in and uh, they were making fun of me and they said something to my mother. I was like, yeah, she's a whore. And they cracked the fuck up. I remember telling my mother that and she was pissed. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> she's like, not, you defend your mother, you cocksucker. You, you don't, you don't let him say like, shit about me. Yeah, you, you took it too far. She's like, that's not <laughs> where I was going. You're just supposed to say, yeah, I'm, a, I'm slightly chubby. 
not attack. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make fun of yourself, leave me out of it. But, yeah, you know. Exactly. So for you, is that a different approach than when you want to become a comedian? Is it less about, you know, there's always an element of the fame and the money and all this stuff, especially when you're a kid. But when you're yeah. young, this other life you that can potentially have, but it sounds like you came at it with a lot more than that, a lot more than just wanting to be on a bad sitcom. You know what I mean? Yeah, look, man, there's famous and then there's funny. You know what I mean? There's just people that are, you know, they want the fame. They want the, you know, all the money and the, the all that shit that goes along with it. But then there's people who are just funny, like have no choice about it. You know what I'm saying? And kind of fell into comedy because they were kind of put. You should do this, you know. The guys I hung out with, we were funny all the time, like on stage, off stage. You know, we after the show, we'd hang out for hours, still being funny. You know, it was the trick was to get that up on stage. You know what I mean? You know, getting on stage is that that was fine, but we didn't really give a fuck about that. We were more into the hang. You know, like. Even with Masavia, I mean, we would come down to the Boston Comedy Club and hang out hours before your spot just to sit in a little hallway and fucking make each other laugh. And then after the show, we'd hang out for hours. I mean, until, until the birds were chirping, just fucking philosophizing, talking, making each other laugh. Um, so it was... You know, that's just funny. You know, I know a lot of people who, who are comedians, but they're not funny. Like, I, I you hang out with them, you're like, ugh, bleh. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like they learn the formula of comedy. Like, you can learn the for setup, punch, tag, and you can learn to write jokes. But then there's people that just, you know, do it. Yeah, and then there's people that do both. You know, yeah, I mean, it's it's so true, man. I, you know, you can learn stand up, you can learn comedy, improv. Like, yep. you'll see people, they'll crush and then they'll get off stage and they're not jokers, they're not funny. They just, like you said, learn the the craft, or I don't know what you want to call it, the, the, the setup punch rhythm. I'm not or, wrong with that either. I mean, that's fine. I don't, I mean, I'm not one is better than the other. Um, but to me, you know, like the people I hung out with, we were just funny. Funny. Yeah, yeah. we were funny. And almost probably I should have tried to learn more of the, the formula of it. <laughs> I just wanted to get on stage. It's like a it's like a really bad fucking heroin addiction stand up. Right. Well, you takes you to a lot of fucked up places and you do a lot of fucked up shit and just to get up on that dumb stage for a couple minutes to get those laughs it's right. crazy yeah right when you're young was there another like i'm gonna show jenny who didn't go to prom with me was there any of that or was it really much more in the no. moment of hanging out and meeting good people and just doing it no it was my moment of stand-up comedy i know exactly where it was i was going to college for art you know i was clean and sober i was i got a degree to some community college bunker hill community college for art. I was going to be some art teacher or something. I wound up taking acting. Uh, always wanted to act. Always had that little bug in me. And then I did a a, a, a talent show with a couple of the guys. Uh, Dane Cook was one of them. Aldo Benny and two other dudes. And uh, we wrote sketches and we did improv and this talent show. And there was like 200 people there. And I remember getting laughs and I remember finishing everything and going backstage. And we were so fucking jacked up. We were so what the fuck? I literally said, I remember I'm doing this. This is what I'm doing. 
I was like, fuck everything else. And I told those, we won that talent show. And I told the other guys, I said, dude, we're, we're going to do this. And they were like, yeah, dude, relax. It was just a wow. talent. I remember them going, just chill. It's a, it was a talent show. It's just a talent show. I go, dude, fuck that. We're going to do this. <laughs> and I remember, I remember booking shows. Like the next week I was booking us gigs uh, at comedy clubs and all over. And that group kind of exploded that improv group exploded on Boston scene. And wow. uh, we wound up dumping the two guys and adding a friend of mine, Jay Hall. And we were fucking killing it in Boston wow. before we even had really stand up. Right. We would, uh, we would kill it and, and do clubs and all the other comics hated it. It was more like sketch comedy, Bob. It was, a- yeah, we did sketch. We yeah. wrote sketches and we did improv and it was fucking, I mean, Dude, I remember we did it at Boston Comedy Club a couple I, I, times. I remember that. I remember that. How good you guys were. Because stand-up is so, it's just you and the and the audience. You know, obviously, if you're doing sketch, it's give and take. It's back and forth. It's working with other people. Did you love the camaraderie of sketch? Because like, it sounds like you like connecting with people like that in that way, like comedically joking around. We no, it was very competitive, man. We were very competitive. Me and Dane and, and Al and Jay, we we inside of that sketch group. We were, we wanted to be, we, our last improv was a thing called course of gripes. And at the end, somebody got a thing of water in their face. And the, the, the person that got the water was the funniest person. So the, the, Whoever was the funniest would get that cup of water in your face. And I remember me and Dane used to fight. I mean, he would say something. I would say something fucking crazy. I would do something. He would do something crazier. I remember one night I was just killing it. And then it was Dane's turn. And I look and he was in his underwear hanging off the side of a window. And the place was fucking dying. And I mean, we were we were real competitive inside of that group to get laughs. Um, I always noticed that too, Bob, even when you came to, just to skip forward, when you came to New York, there was always, it wasn't a bad competitiveness. It was always like, I'm going to fucking blow this room up. That was always your approach. Well, yeah, because, I mean, look, man, I tell people this all the time. Mo, Mo fucked me. I mean, Mo fucking, in a he fucked me in a good way. Like Mo. Wow. But well, Mo Mo put set you up. Either you ha- either here's your moment. You know what I mean? It's like you know Eminem moment. Like you either got it or you don't. He put me up one night. I remember I was I had the flu. I was I used to wait around the Boston Comedy Club every night and knock it up. I mean sit there and watch these people get up. I remember one night I came up and I had the flu and I was like I'm out. Mo comes up and it was cool as shit because you know Mo was Mo ran that club. It was it was fucking cool. He was a cool motherfucker at the door and he came up around the corner and goes, "Yo, I'm putting you up, putting you up tonight." And I was like, "Oh shit. Okay." And uh I he goes, "You're next." All of a sudden, I remember uh, uh, Jim Brewer came in. He goes, you're after Jim. I'm like, oh, fuck. This is SNL Jim Brewer. He goes, <laughs> then he comes in. Jay Moore comes in. I'm like, oh, shit. He goes, you're after Jay. I'm like, oh, fuck. All right. <laughs> then he goes, <laughs> then he goes, then, then Dave Chappelle came in. He goes, yo, Dave's going up next. I was like, fuck. I mean, the, it's getting later and later. These people are murdering. And then there was this group called Ren Johnny and the Round Guy. They were a, a comedy duo. They, w- I mean, never not, m- I mean, murdered. He goes, yo, you're after, you're after Red Johnny the Round Guy. Jeez, <laughs> that was that bad? I, don't- <laughs> I remember, dude. And they went up and smack, I mean, 
smashed the fucking place. The, the lid popped off. He goes, are you going up next? I was like, okay. I was, I was sick. I was panicking. And it was like, you know, look, man, you do or die. And I, and I went up and I did it. I killed it. You did. And I'm, and I, I remember Mo was like, I remember Mo was looking at me and he was like, yeah, man, you, you did, you, you did it. You killed. And I was like, yeah, thanks. And he's like, nah, man, you fought, you did it. And then he, I remember this because you understand every, I had no money. I would have to take the train home every night back with tokens. And I remember I used to, uh, oh man, it was such a long ride to 97th and Lex from the West, man. from West fourth. And I remember that night, Mo gave me a 20. He paid me. He gave me a $20 bill. He goes, yo man, this is for you. And, and I remember I took a cab home and I, I remember like literally like sitting there just like, Oh, I never took a cab. I didn't have money. And I remember taking the cab. I'm like, dude, I'm on my way. And I, I was looking at these high ride buildings. Like someday I'm going to live in one of these fucking high ride. I'm going to have a balcony. I'm going to, I'm going to live in this. Sh I'm going to get a doorman building. I remember driving all the way the fuck home. And it was like the night of my life. And then of course I almost died. I had the flu. I had no fucking insurance the next three days. I mean, you proved your point, man. Like I remember. Do you remember that night, Mo? Do you remember that? I, I do. I do. Cause because I I would see him every night, and yeah, he would be there with yep. no questions, just right there. I'm right here, and that night I put him up. He fucking killed it, and I was like, yep. this this guy's fucking good. After all of this bullshit he took, <laughs> I mean, following all of those people. And he fucking yeah. killed. Yeah, and not and I remember not getting up. Like I would, sh the one thing Mo did, he would let you hang. You know, which is like I tell people, like, what do you, how do you, how do you do it? Just be there. You know what I mean? Because if I didn't go that night, if I wasn't there that night, I wouldn't have got that opportunity to go up and fucking murder on that show. Number one, what it did for my my comfortability on stage in New York City, which is a thing. I don't care how funny you are. You need to you need to have that New York comfortability. I've seen guys die at New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? L I mean, L.A. guys that are the shit come in and just flat because you need that New York stage comfortability. You know, just like you need that L.A. comfortability. Right. It's so, yeah, it's a toughness. No, but does it does New York go the other way? Like, if you're good in New York, can you still crush in LA? But if you're good in LA, you can't crush in New York. I mean, not of course. No, I think there's an LA comfortability too, man. I think there's a certain stage thing out there that you gotta, you know, step on and and have that. You know, I'm I, I feel I feel comfortable here. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, you know that New York thing, especially at that club. You understand that club? That club was the. That was bunkers, man. That was war. That wasn't that was a that wasn't supposed to be a comedy club. That was supposed to be some fucking other shit. And they just they made a comedy club. There was a fireplace on stage. Well, not to mention the roster that he had. He had oh. like a staple of fucking killers. You know oh, what dude. I mean? It's like yeah, it, was, it was nuts, dude. It was the kind of caliber of comedy that was presented at, from night to night, I thought was exceptional. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was that was those guys would roll in, but don't don't forget that, you know, Jim Norton, Rich Voss, Keith Robinson, Patrice yes. O'Neill, Billy Bird, Dane Cook. These are all the guys that are there. Those are the regulars just hanging out every night. Then you had these guys just dropping in, yeah. you know, Jim Gaffigan. I mean, all these these people, Greg Giraldo, all these people would be there every night yeah. just trying to do a couple minutes 
in yeah. front of, I mean, look, you had packed houses, but a lot of times there was like eight people, 10 people, sometimes 20 people. It didn't fucking matter. It didn't no. matter. Yeah. You know, it didn't fucking matter. I remember I just, that was the thing, just being there every single night. And, and then, you know, after the hang, I mean, I remember we, Jesus Christ, we, how many times did I just, I remember, <laughs> I remember Mo one night, he was like, yo, let's, he was like, let's go. And I was, it was like, where are we going? And he goes, we're going to an underground club. I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. We just went to an apartment building and rang a buzzer and went to somebody's apartment, but it was a club. And we're in somebody's house. Apartment. It, yeah, dude, I remember that. Fuck, that fucked me up. That was some movie shit. <laughs> it was crazy. Man, remember that shit, Bob? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember. I remember all that stuff, man. So, you know, you get your feet in New York. Yeah. What were your expectations? You know, let's say after that ride you had in the cab and you're starting to work and you're in your you, you know, Dane Cook, like, obviously, is this around shortly after he took off? Like, and that was early 2000s. Right? No, not at all, dude. I mean, Patrice didn't, none of us did. We were all, dude, I remember me, Dane, Patrice, Billy, Aldo Benny, and Bob Marley would drive to New York to poke our head in. We, I had a 280ZX. I remember it was so fucked up. I couldn't get into, I couldn't get my car into, uh, I think it was six gear because Patrice's fucking chubby leg was in the way. So we had to drive in like fifth gear or fourth gear. I forget what it was because he, I couldn't get over near his dumb leg. And we pull up to the Boston and we'd find a parking and just go to sleep until Mo showed up and open up the doors. And then wow. we just hang all night long and then we drive home. Wasn't there a connection though? Like uh, I thought Dane was signed with Barry because Barry's from. Oh Boston. yeah. Oh well, Dane. Dane came down. Of course, Dane came down and Barry Katz swooped that young, good-looking, energetic kid up. Gone. Because you understand, Barry Katz at that time was about to build the biggest empire of ever comics. of comics to ever exist, and if he had kept it. It would be, I mean, dude. He would it be was the Yankees. Crazy. He would be the Yankees of comedy. So. He was. He was for a minute. He was. Barry Katz had. I mean, Jesus. Go. Uh, Dave Chappelle, Jay Moore, Wanda uh, Sykes Jim, at one time. Jim Brewer, Wanda Sykes, Jim Gaffigan, uh, Greg Giraldo, Patrice O'Neill, Jim Norton, uh, Dane Cook. Uh, I mean, Shit. all of them. Yeah. Wow. He had all of them at one point, but at this point, yeah, well, we would come drive just to, have to roll over that. What is the drive from? So you drove from Boston to New York. Yeah. How long is that? That's a, that's a three and a half, four hour drive. I mean, that's unbelievable. And you can't even get into the sixth gear. You're doing that <laughs> no. three and a half hours. Takes you four yeah. and a half. Wow. Yeah. We would, we would, uh, <laughs> That is, I was that around 97? Was that like 97 or 96? 97, yeah. Here's the thing, though. Dane came to New York, got scooped up. Barry got him an apartment, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I believe, then Billy went. Billy right. went. So Bill and Burr, uh, and he, Billy, Bill Burr, yeah. Bill Burr, six months there, booked a go pilot with Carsey Warner. Uh, with Molly Ringwall. I mean, he he literally just was there and then went to L.A. 
to to shoot this pilot. Patrice moved after that and moved in with Keith Robinson uh, out in Woodbridge. And then I got a call after that and about from Matt Frost, who was like, who saw my acting reel. Cause I did a lot of acting in Boston and he saw my, a couple of the movies I did. And he was like, if you ever move here, I'd like to work with you. So I moved into Billy Burr's apartments cause he wasn't there. So I moved while well, I stayed there while he was in LA. And if he came back, I hit the couch. So I split his rent, which was, I mean, we were on 97th and Lex. It was, I think it was 400 bucks. I know. It was, it was <laughs> Yeah, it was 400 bucks or 425. So I paid uh, 325 and he paid the rest. Uh, and he had a place when he came back, you know. Um, so we, we were we were fucking roughing it out uh, for a minute. So we were all there for a second and we would just go. I mean, the Boston Comedy Club. That's yeah. where that's where I went. Well, I remember I, Dan used to tell me, uh, make sure Bobby, you know, take care of Bobby. You know, oh, did he? Yeah, he used to say, take care of Bobby. Make sure didn't Frosty didn't Frosty tell you to like fuck with me a little bit or like push me? Yeah, he would say that sometimes. He would say push Bobby a little bit, put him yeah. up, have him close. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember. That. I remember one night they used to have Black Night on Sundays at the Boston, sold out, line around the door, two shows every fucking Sunday. Yeah, and I remember Mo. <laughs> Mo put me up there. Ooh, he was ice scared. You put me up last there. And I mean, everybody murdered. They put me up last. And I think it was Talent or Will Sylvance who was like, they ended, the, I think somebody murdered. I think it was Talent just, just stomped on the room. You no, know, he used to do so much time in between the sets. Yeah, he ended the show. They turned the lights on. And then Will was like, yo, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody was getting up. They were like, we got one more dude. Oh. You know, that's we, good. We, let, he goes, let's give it up for this white boy. And I was like, no, don't. <laughs> but <laughs> we got one I, dude. That's but I went up and fucking murdered. You know what I mean? Right, and and murdered out of necessity, out of, you know, like when I was going to get my ass kicked back at Juvie Hall, I was like, fucking time to time to fucking kill it. It's like and, survival skills, man. That's like, like well. That, yeah, that room, that room was a fucking kill, a kill zone. That, that room was. Were you guys competitive? You know, you were saying in your um, improv group or sketch group, was it hard at the time, especially when everyone's in their twenties, extra aggro, you got all the yeah. testosterone going. Can't say that's testosterone. 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 There yeah. you go. Thank you. <laughs> you. You know, but you're in your twenties, you got all that. Was there a real competitiveness? Like, there's that party that's excited for someone's success. And there's that party that's like, well, fuck me, you know? I, I, you know, I don't know, man. I don't think we were, we were like, um, we wanted to kill. We wanted to do well, but I don't, I don't think we were ever, we, we didn't want to fucking, it was never a, uh, a malicious thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, you just didn't want to bomb, right. you know, cause right. if you bought, let me tell you something, when you were bombing, that's when all of us would come in and watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? But 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 what about I'm talking broader career, like you know, Bill Burr comes in, he's like, I booked a pilot. Is it yeah. that's awesome? Let's go celebrate. Oh, Which absolutely. Is- Fuck yeah. There oh yeah. No, there was no Oh no, 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 man. It was Bill Burr. I mean, dude, I, I started with Bill in Boston. We were li- working little shitholes, you know what I mean? I mean, no, Bill got a pilot, Dane got this. Patrice got that. It was, 
it was, it was yeah, love. it was awesome. It was, love. it was all love. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were real. I mean, dude, we were the meanest people in the world to each other, but we were the, I mean, dude, we, we, we loved it. We loved it when we, when we were succeeding and people were getting stuff. Absolutely. I think no, that's rare. I think that's rare. I think most, even, even, you know, friends, groups in the, in the comedy scene, as much as, you know, you want to support each other. There's still this, like, why did you get that? Oh, really? You booked that. You got that. Like, there's a little bit of that going on a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you might have some of that shit in your own insecurities. Cause you know, we're all fucked up. Cause you, you know, you, you know, that stuff, that stuff exists just because of your own bullshit, but not in reality, in reality, it was, you know, fucking awesome. You know, when that stuff started happening, um, we saw a support system, right? Would you say it was like, uh, you guys were like a sort of like a brotherhood in a sense. I always felt, uh, yeah. yeah I mean, it just seems like you supported each other. I mean, you were mean to each other in a jokingly way, but it was always this sort of underlying, like, I got your back. You know, always, I'm gonna, yeah. if I got a gig, I'm going to take you on the road with me or that kind of thing. I mean, yeah. you like you had a click in a sense like that. Oh, well, we had we had a we had a very mean click. We because we were you understand we were all fucking hammers. That club when we got there, you understand we got there. me, Patrice, Billy, Dane. We got there. You got you got Rich Voss, you got Keith Robinson, Jim Norton. You got all the, these Jersey guys and New York people, and then you got us Boston guys. We all ver- we all fucking merged on this little club at the same time. Yeah, and we weren't. Yeah. We were all alpha male. Fucking <laughs> fuck you, suck yeah. my dick. I'm fu- you know when we got on stage, it was like it ain't you ain't getting me. You, it ain't me. You know what I mean? So it was, it was, it was like, holy shit. So following people, nobody gave a fuck. You just went up when you went up, you know, like, like, you know, a lot of people like, I want to go after him. I don't want to, I don't want to go up last. Like there's very few comics. I believe that can just go up anywhere, anytime, no matter what after anybody. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think I think that group of guys, yeah, a lot of those guys, they can go up, drop an hour of material in any situation, anywhere, anytime, and 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 do an hour of holy shit comedy. And and that's from I think directly from that those days back in the day being right. being around that. Yeah. When you're on stage, then are you again because you're so much about the innate humor and being funny. Yeah. How much uh, uh, Gary Goldman too? Forget Gary Goldman oh, yeah, was in that yeah, mix. Gary, Gary was a fucking monster too. Yeah. Gary would come in and do a whole different thing, and just change the tempo of the room, you yeah. know, and just fucking yeah. kill. So, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. What was your question? No, no, I was just gonna ask. Like, do you write on stage then? Oh uh, yeah, I'm a write. I'd write on stage. Like this, I remember Billy would sit in front of his computer and write jokes and write jokes and. He was really just fucking great at that. Gary has that his notebook, his little notebook that he was right. I remember Patrice would, if Patrice saw you with a pen and a piece of paper, he'd slap it out of your hand, you know. <laughs> just, you know, he would never write anything down. Everybody had their own little thing. Yeah. Um, I would have, I have little notes and shit. You know, I, I write, I, I use index cards and I, I write, but I, 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 I'll write little headers of shit and. 
I usually go on stage. Something will happen. I'll go on stage, sit in it, and then come off, and then write little. Oh, what that worked, that didn't, you know, or and then go back up and. It's always do it amazing me because to me, I think so much of the timing, you know, that happened in the moment that you had. How do you remember to do that again? You know what I mean? Like you had this thing you said, and maybe where you put the word was the perfect place to put the word for the hit the joke, but maybe that's not like, it's just more gut. Is it, is that how you work? It's more like you just feel it. Yeah. I, for me, I don't know how it works. I don't know why it works. I don't, I, I have little notepads, all little pieces of paper and I just have the word of the joke in front of it. And I can look, I can, and I have to write it down every time I do a show. I have to write like, okay, because I, I'm not doing that here. I'm going to do that here. I just feel it's like a weird psychotic thing that I do. And then when I get up there, you know, every time I do a joke, it's a little different because it depends on the mood I'm in or what the crowd's giving me, uh, you know, or where I'm taking the joke. So every time I do it, even though you you might have seen that joke before, I might drop something. I might add something. It might be a whole bigger thing. It might be a smaller thing. It might be tighter. You know, it might be looser. It's different every time. For me, that's the way I do it. I also remember you used to carry a recorder too, Bob. Didn't you? Yeah, I record every single set I do. You but I don't, I don't listen to the whole fucking thing. There's, I, listening to my act is the most miserable part of stand up for me having to watch when I did the tonight show, I had to hook up with Lenny Marcus because and it is another great comedian too. was back yeah, then Lenny Marcus. Marcus. Um, I had to hook up with him because he's very, you know, he knows formulaic. He can, he knows, you yes. know, the set up the punch and he, you know, cuts the fat off and he, you know, he's, he can do, he does amazing late night sets. Um, and he's done Letterman. He's done so many of these things because I had to do my set, watch it. I had to listen to it. You know, I talked to Colin Quinn a lot. I had to do it like 38 times to do a five minute set and cut it down. And it was, it sucked because <laughs> I wanted to do, I didn't want to do a late night set. I wanted to, I wanted it to be me but that way I wanted it to be, you know, like you were in a club watching a comic to a, a club set. A little more set. raw, right? A little more raw. Like I, yeah, I wanted, yeah, yeah. So I wanted it to be that. So I had to add it that way. I like just getting on stage. What's up, fuckers? Oh, look, how's your face? And just go from there, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, that totally. So always, Rob, I didn't know that. I always thought you wrote or formulated your stuff. I really didn't know that you that you uh, I, I, I wrote in my head and I did I, I did most of I would write a joke on stage you know like I would something would happen I'd talk about it on stage I with the passion so so basically something would happen like I went snow stooping I fucking broke my ribs all this shit went on and I would be I, I would take that when I would tell that story to somebody after you know, yeah, I went fuck and she told me blah, and this and I went up and they didn't have this and then that happened. And I was like, I shouldn't have done. I tried to take that same exact thing and go on stage with it and then record it. And then the things that worked, keep throw out what didn't and then add to that. Just keep adding to it. So my jokes will come out fucking real small, get real big and then get small again, but better. 
So it, my joke will take two years to finish or to get to where, I, I, you know, that's why these son of a bitch is doing an hour every six months. It's like, go fuck yourself. You know, you savants. <laughs> right. well, let me ask you this. Let me go back for one second, though. Between the time you were 13 and the time you went to college. So was there any influences of standups that you looked at to actually say, I want to do comedy? Well, I mean, it had to be local, you know, back then, you know, there's so many more comics now because, you know, there's a million TV channels, you know, right. back then there right. was <laughs> comedy <laughs> central yeah. just started, yeah. you know, not even there was, there was no, you know, and there was the tonight show and Letterman to do stand up. And then they had the little, you know, imp- even at the improv and shit like that. You know, it was seven minutes of clean stand up was how you got on TV. Um, they didn't have YouTube. They didn't have, you know, kids now can just watch YouTube comedy and listen to stand up comedy. Millions of hours of it mm-hmm. from the age there from 10 on. Yeah. When I was a kid, you had to put a record on or a tape of right. prior or, or or Bill Cosby or somebody. You didn't, and you you went to see a show. It was at a comedy club, which you couldn't get in. So, I mean, so that you didn't have that. When I was a kid, you know, it was my friends yeah. were my Patrice, Dane, Bob Marley. These are the guys, Billy Burr. These are the guys that I would look at and, you know, and, and see it. And then you had like, you know, Anthony Clark and Kevin Knox and Steve Sweeney in Boston and, and, and Tony V and, and Don Gavin and Joe Yannetti. You'd watch these guys go on stage in front of 500 people at next comedy stop and just, and, 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 and literally fucking kaboom the place. Right. And you see 500 people going nuts from laughter. It was like, fuck, I want to do that. You know, Boston was very similar to New York. Like what Masavi did, they would, they would have, they would have he- like Kevin Knox, who was a murderer, would host Wednesday night show. So he would go up and just murder and then bring up the first open micer. That's a little mean. And, that w- that w- and that's what he would do. And that's how, you know, so it's like you're going up. The host is a killer. Right. So you would you learn fucking quick to. Yeah, to get up there and get your instincts, you know. Like if you're gonna survive, like you know what I mean. It's not there's no gentle, soft way in. It's that's talk about the freezing cold deep end. Just getting you got you got four minutes or five minutes. Your view pre-pandemic because pandemic's a nightmare and it's not working for anybody. But right, you know, 2019. Where where is your mind on comedy now? You know, like how you see the scene in the world of comedy. And for yourself, well, look, I mean, you, you can sit there and go, you know, it's just it's not the same game. It's just a different game. You can become famous and successful off of an Instagram. You can get a TV show from a Twitter account. You can funny has changed um, funny. There's a lot more that goes into what they're looking for or what the industry is looking for than just the funniest motherfucker in the room. Right. Right. How many um, followers you have, you know, they'll, you know, that yeah. Matters, right? yeah, that shit matters. I mean, look t- to me, like I, Colin Quinn says it all the time and I agree with it. There's only a handful of guys and girls that can headline, you know, truly go up for an hour and right. murder. Yes. Like I said, at no totally matter any, in any room, 
no matter what. There's only a handful of people. A lot of people need certain circumstances to yeah. do well. It is what it is, man. And the new, the new comics, there's a lot of funny motherfuckers coming up. And talents, talent isn't afraid of talent. You know, you can see the talented ones rise up. Right. This, this comedy has a funny way of filtering out the shit. Um, yeah. you know. Are you still in then? Are you, are you feeling, are you still feeling strong about it? I mean, it's, we've had some people, you know, even on our show, we've interviewed a few people now and uh, some people are done, you know, not done. I would say is, and they'll never do it again, but they're like, what it was is gone. And, you know, I do it, but it doesn't mean as much to me as it used to. And it's just like, you're saying a different world. Now, I, unfortunately I'm kind of stuck with it. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's it's it was my first my first wife. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm stuck yeah. with it. You know what I mean? I can't I can't. I've tried. Well, you but I, I can't. Too. I mean, you, you act. I mean, yeah, I, I, I yeah. get into you. I, yeah. mean, I, I love acting. You on Louie were you're really yeah. funny. You did a great job. Um, yeah. I, I was telling Mo, I remember when you guys went for uh there's a great scene which I totally related to where you guys go for what some like it's called a double. Oh, the, you go to like the bang bang. Yeah. Yeah. The bang bang. That's what it was. The bang bang. Is that, was that a real thing? Like, well, no, he wrote it. Louis wrote it. But as soon as I read it, I remember we were filming. I was like, you know, it's going to be a thing now. Right. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and we, we, we really did a bang bang. I mean, we went to an Indian restaurant. We ordered the menu and he had two cameras going and he goes, we're just eating until we can't eat anymore. And we ate for 20 minutes like savages. And then he just went cut. I, I'm, I'm out. We tapped out. And then we went to lunch. <laughs> and then we went and ate at a diner. It was like right. a. Yeah, I had I had no problem with that, though. I'll fucking I'll eat anybody on the table. I well, no I, know, I mean, a lot of your, you, you know, in your, in your stand up, you really address food issues. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which actually, I, do, I yeah. can relate to. I, I'm, a, I'm in a non. I go up. I, I, I've lost 30 pounds maybe in the last two months because now I'm in a. I'm, you know, I'm sure you relate to the. You get to a certain size, then you go, okay, I can't do that anymore. I got to trim down. Yeah. You go into some sort of workout militant mode. Oh, you lose. Yeah, this is my sixth fat. This is. <laughs> my, this is the worst. Fat, is that what you call it? Yeah, this is my sixth time. Mo knows. Most, most saw sexy Bobby. Most saw Puerto Rican Bobby. Most, <laughs> most saw, most saw most of my sexies, but he saw a bunch of my little fats too. Hey man, you're always a beautiful person all the way around, man. Let me tell you, but back in those days, I was dealing with my issues too, man. You know, I had a horrible drug addiction and shit. So you used to help me through my shit. So I remember, dude. We were both we were both fighting a lot of demons back then, man. <laughs> we were both, but we were fighting that shit, but we were having a lot of fun. I know, in, God in damn. The, in between the cracks, we were having a lot of fucking fun, man. Bobby, I'm gonna I'm gonna thank you, man, for being here thank tonight. You. Just to talk uh, to you because it's it's been a long time. I'm I'm just so happy to see where your career's gone and your stand up. And um, thank you, man, for being here, man. Yeah, you know, uh, buddy. It, man. I I man, listen, it's very nice to meet you, Mike, and and yeah, that Masavia. Sure. You know, I I love you so much. I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I'm at today. If, if it wasn't for, I mean, our friendship and you uh, really fucking, I mean, God, God bless you. Honest to God, dude, I love you. It's, it's exact me and you out in front of the Boston uh, shooting the shit and me going, who's on next? And you're going, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're, you're, I'll get you up. I'll get you up. Relax. You know what I mean? So 
I love you, man. Thank you. Thank you for uh, thank you for being you, man. I, I love seeing you too, man. Yeah, thank you, brother. All right, man. brother. All right, man. We'll talk to you I'll soon. See you guys bro. later. Bro, All right, easy, man. Thank you, bud. Okay, Mo, let them know how they can support us. Make sure to subscribe to Comedy Anatomy and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Comedy Anatomy and on Twitter at Comedy underscore Anatomy.